Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shepska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in! Monday, December 6th, and it's noon. And this is news that you can use from YAA with your hosts, Zach and Ray. I, I might also refer to them as your dear friends, Zach and Ray. How are you doing today, Pops? You know, I'm doing pretty good. I, I know uh, tomorrow we will not have a show. Uh, you have uh, other commitments, and, and I just refuse to do this as a solo act. Um, but I do want to say two things. One, tomorrow is uh, Pearl Harbor Day. Uh, it's the date that the Japanese attacked uh, the United States at Pearl Harbor. And it is also uh, the 108th anniversary of my mother's birth. So I want to thank the Japanese for creating Pearl Harbor Day because that's the only way I could remember my mother's birthday. Okay, chat section, let me know. Was that an appropriate joke? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's appropriate or not. Chat will have to let us know on that one. <laughs> Um, Pops, we've got a good show today. And actually, let's actually kick it off here. MPEG here saying used car prices appear to be crashing. I had several offers from Saturday get rescinded today because the appraisals were less today. CarMax was the only one that would honor their previous offer. We've got used car data coming from BlackBook tomorrow. I don't know if we're seeing a uh, major drop or major hit on used car price retail yet, but maybe we are on the trade-in side. We do have good chip shortage news. Yes, I mean, we actually have good chip shortage news, which we'll break here in a moment. And we've got more and more manufacturers talking about less supply, less supply, less supply, which makes me think that even coming out of this good chip shortage news, we're still going to see higher prices, higher prices, higher prices, which is giving me the hope here that used car prices are going to continue to go up for a little bit while longer. But we'll run through that here in just a second, Pops. We've got quick little roll call igor here with us which we always appreciate chop spork here with us from twitch john p justice is here with us which we always appreciate jordan's here uh dante doug we got the whole crew here dad yes well why don't we go ahead and jump into the chip shortage update we'll start things off there sounds good to me all right, so let me share my screen. We've got the data back on joinyaa.com slash guide slash chip dash shortage. Pops, you want to hit us with the uh, the leading headline here? Um, it's better. Things are better. There, there's actually, um, they're actually forecasting a slight drop in the amount of lost production for North America for the year. Um, so we're, we're actually starting to see I don't know that I would call it a trend yet, but it, it appears to be um, the there are uh, thirty eight thousand nine hundred and eighty units globally that won't be produced this week. And uh, those are all in Europe and China and Southeast Asia and Africa um, and that there is uh, no real lost production for North America and total lost production for North America for the year. Um, will go down slightly by a whole 897 units, which, you know, out of the 3.4 million that we're going to be lost, that's nothing. But it's a good sign, and that's what that is. 
Absolutely. Yeah, it is kind of incredible that they've made the point of 897 vehicles coming back <laughs> to production. It seems a little bit like that's like some Tesla type stuff right there. It's like, how'd you come up with that number? But that's OK. So, yeah, this is the first time we've been tracking this for a year now. It was literally a year ago that we made our first video about the chip shortage or maybe it was 13 months ago. This is the first time where we've seen production numbers be revised in a positive direction rather than yes. a direction. Now, what impact is that going to have on used car prices? I think it's way too early to say because it's, if even if there's a plateau, I still think used car prices will probably go up a little bit before they come down. Well, and 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 many of the manufacturers are still saying that, you know, even though production might be stabilizing, that's it. It's stabilizing. It won't be in a position to where it can really increase dramatically. Um so many of the manufacturers are, are thinking that this is going to continue um, all, all of 2022 and might drag into 2023. Um, so we're still going to see some amount of limited production. And, and the limited production, um, I believe, will be twofold. One will be some, some supply chain issues, which we still continue to see. But more importantly, I think there are decisions that are being made on a corporate level at the manufacturers, and we've seen public comments from manufacturers about this, that uh, they want to artificially uh, manipulate the market, keep their production down, keep the pricing up, um, because they found it to be both more profitable for the manufacturers and much more profitable for their dealer body. Absolutely. But one thing, though, Dad, back on the chip shortage front, we have this interview from Jim Farley. So I'll scroll back up to the top here. Uh, it's, it was on the uh, front page of Automotive News this morning for yes. Jim Farley, EV plan, exactly what we need. But there's actually a pretty important piece that's not EV related. Here it is right here. Let me zoom in. It says, this is the question that was posed to, to Mr. Farley was, you had floated the idea of shipping unfinished vehicles to dealers. Are you past that point? His answer here is pretty revealing, Ted. He says, I think we have to remain very open. We're discussing it today still. I think we trust our dealers. They're one of our biggest advantages. That That's a loaded sentence. If we yeah. had to do that and we did the, uh, did the right quality assurance and process, I wouldn't hesitate at all. We haven't been in that situation so far. Early on, it looked like we would, but I wouldn't count that out yet. Who, we think this will last through 2023 to some extent, and who knows what next year holds for us. So we've got good news on the chip shortage front in the sense of there's a plateau in terms of what's expected to be uh, um, uh, lost from production. But there's the you know the CEO of Ford essentially saying, we don't know. And we expect this is actually going to continue to go on for another year at least. That being said, good news we'll take the good news the bad news is what practices have now stuck as a result of this situation and won't go away anytime soon yes and and those practices are uh people buying at inflated prices above msrp um and as long as people are willing to do that um then dealers will continue to ask for more than msrp uh, and I think we'll see many manufacturers have, have indicated that they're thinking of raising their MSRP levels because, well, they see what cars are selling for today. Um, so everybody, everybody's kind of got their fingers in the in the pot trying to grab a little more for themselves, whether it be the manufacturers who will who will increase the prices of the cars um, 
so that they can make more money. And then the dealers will continue to try and either have dealer installed add-ons at inflated prices, or they'll just ask for the, uh, for the market price adjustments that they've been getting. Uh, I was talking to our dear friend of the show and just dear friend, uh, Glenn, uh, on yeah, Sunday. And, uh, so, they had a customer who bought a G-Wagon, and he had, he's been a good customer. He's bought several vehicles from the dealership, but he didn't want to pay more than MSRP for the G-Wagon. He didn't want to pay the $25,000 market adjustment they were asking for. So the dealership, considering that he was a good customer, agreed to sell it to him at, at the MSRP. Uh, the mm-hmm. guy's kept the car for a couple of days, and now he thinks he wants to trade it in. For an S class, are they so going to buy it for more? Wait a second. So he asked Glenn. He said, "What are you going to give me for these for the trade in?" And Glenn checked with his uh, managers, and the manager said, "We'll give him what he paid for." And the customer's response was, "That's not enough." <laughs> <laughs> Basically, that was his response. That's not good enough. So, so he wants to reap the rewards of, of being able to charge more than MSRP for the car, but he didn't want the dealer to, um, you know, it's what, 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 what can I say? (laughs) Every, everybody at some point in time, everybody gets greedy, whether it's the manufacturer, whether it's the dealer, or in this case, it's the customer. But everybody gets greedy. Lucky guy, one of a billion. Yeah. And says, damn, that is cold-hearted. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Let's take it, a quick peek back, Pops, at um, this article, again, this interview with um, Jim Farley. I want to look at one other thing here. It was, uh, okay, there's a note there about the EV piece, Shed Brands. Where was it? Where was it? Where was it? I, I don't know. I read the whole article, though. Was Ford too conservative during the beginning stages of COVID and canceling chip orders you didn't think you'd need? If you remember, there's a lot of conversation about how did we get into the car shortage? Well, it's the chip shortage. Why do we have a chip shortage? And we've shared many times on this channel before, or back on the YAA channel. It's because automakers stopped there. They, they operate in this just-in-time manufacturing. They don't want to hold any inventory, which is fascinating because in the olden days, the dealerships held all the inventory. But that meant that they, they were constantly placing orders for these semiconductors. And these semiconductors are not the same semiconductors that are in your phones. They're kind of older, old school semiconductors. And so it's interesting here. Yeah. It's interesting here to hear from Farley and say, in retrospect, absolutely. But who would have known? I was in Dearborn truck when we shut it all down. I was with UAW president Rory Gamble. And he said that people were scared to come into work. I looked at John Savona and Kumar Galhorta, Galhorta, excuse me, and said, let's shut it down. How would I have known? So there you go. I mean, if you wonder how we got in the chip shortage, because everyone turned their plants off. And then when they came back online, they were building more profitable uh, components and the and orders it, were less. Yeah. And everybody canceled their their existing orders for chips. And truth be told, you know what? How would any CEO know um, this is, um, I don't know how to say it, but probably the first pa- pandemic that these CEOs have had to navigate their businesses through. So how would anybody know? Uh, It seemed to make sense at the time when governments all across Europe and and in the United States were shutting things down 
so that we could mitigate the spread of the disease. Um, nobody knew how long that was going to be. You, you know, every day you're getting different different news reports about how long it might be, what what could happen. So nobody knew. Um, for sure, Pops, for sure. Yeah, it, it's so I, I don't blame them. I want to switch gears here a little bit, Deb, because there was another thing. This was a great interview, by the way. A lot of information that you can glean from this. Another question that Jim Farley, the CEO of Ford, was asked was, would you consider spinning off the AV or EV, autonomous vehicle or electric vehicle business, or even Ford Pro? And I want to read this, and then I want to jump to another tab here and make a bit of a, a case for what I think we're seeing and get your take on it, Deb. Okay. Farley said, everything is on the table at Ford, whatever's going to be best for Ford. We've already said we're now very open to having Argo be available to capital markets. That's the autonomous vehicle. That's a big change for us. Everything's on the table to make this transition and create this value. No one and nothing is sacred. Now, Pops, you and I, I think, have done a great job documenting. This is another article from Automotive News. Direct sales efforts heat up in states. This is all mm -hmm. the way from back in April yes. of this year. Again, the reason Ford doesn't sell directly to consumers because A, all of their existing infrastructure is set up to sell through de their dealer network, but also B, and quite frankly, more importantly, every single state prohibits it. There's uh, franchise dealer legislation. Now, I'm just going to scroll down here. There's there are more than 10 bills in 10 different states for those laws to be changed. And here's Connecticut, for example would allow a manufacturer to receive a dealer's license if it does not have a franchise agreement with a new car dealer in the state, if it builds only electric vehicles and only sells the vehicles it builds, and if it does not have a controlling ownership link to a manufacturer license as a dealer in the state. Now, if you get rid of this last portion here, if it does not have a controlling ownership link to a manufacturer license as a dealer in the state, or if you're just really good at setting up all sorts of different corporations, would Ford consider spinning off into a new business, the EV thing? You can really start to see pretty clearly that all Ford, would. all Ford has to do is set up other subsidiary businesses. And then, you know, their, uh, their lobbyists need to lobby for, well, we sell only electric vehicles and we'll only sell our cars. And uh, yeah, we, we're not Ford, we're Ford EV. That's, that's all it's going to take. For this to happen and the bigger blocker is really the trillions of dollars worth of you know value that's currently in the dealership side of things but that's that to me you can put two and two together yeah you you could you can make a case that the manufacturers if they needed to and if they have a desire to and at some point my guess is they will have a desire to sell direct again or try to um that they will figure out ways to do it um and just because they want to create another company um, doesn't mean that there wouldn't be years and years and years of litigation uh, before any of this could actually go into effect. Um, you know, the, the dealers that are out there that have invested trillions of dollars in their facilities cumulatively are, will not sit idly by um, and you know, that's that's why we have a court system. And this I mean, just the legal challenges could take a decade. Um, you know, it, it, it's just it's going to take quite some time to wind its way through the courts because that's what will happen. Um, but ultimately, there will come a time where there will be dealers will be compensated in different ways. They might just become delivery centers for the manufacturers. Um, 
as opposed to the manufacturer shipping the car directly to the consumer. Um, and so, yes, I, I, I think he's setting up a, a roadmap to move forward uh, for not only Ford, but the entire industry. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you remember, Dad, we talked about it on Saturday when you and I went live. There was that KPMG survey. Well, what they did back on Automotive News is they actually finally wrote an entire piece about that that's on the front page this morning. And they got a little bit deeper into some of the things that were said. Again, this was a survey of what was it? 1100 executives throughout the industry. Yeah. And this survey really grinds your gears because you think well, it, was lack, it was lacking a certain amount of context. They've they've offered a little more context, um, but you would need deeper context to really be able to get a better understanding as as to who's who are the ones that are thinking that it's going to be more manufacturer to consumer sales than those who think it won't be. And my yes. suspicion, it's just a suspicion, it would be all the startups that are saying, "Oh yeah, it's." We're, you know, we're headed to more manufacturing. Look at, look at what Jim Farley said. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's just the startups, Dad. And, and just to give everyone the context here, this is the, this is the most important piece of the entire articles right here, in my opinion. By 2030, what proportion of new cars will be sold directly to consumers by automakers in your home market? 12% of respondents said anywhere between 80% and 100% of vehicles, 34% between 60 and 79%, 28% said between 40 and 59%, 20 to 39% said 23%. And, and that would be like the Tesla model, the Rivian model. Um, VinFast is coming to the United States this upcoming year with 60 dealerships in the state of California. It's that type of model. And again, it speaks to all these different states that have carve-out language that they're working on so that electric car makers can sell directly to consumers and bypass the franchise dealer laws, which again comes back to scrolling down here, scrolling down here, scrolling down here. This question that Jim Farley was posed, would you consider spinning off the AV or EV businesses into separate entities? So anyway, just piecing together this winding trail of how we probably eventually get to direct to consumer car sales, which would be a great thing. Now, the issue is, will MSRP prices be reasonable and i think that's going to be a big question for a lot of consumers for a long time yes yeah the one the one thing about uh the dealer model is that when there is um nor what used to be normal inventory levels and normal uh pressure from manufacturers to their dealers to have the dealers sell cars um there was much greater competition to figure out how to get a customer to say yes, so dealers would work hard to figure out an acceptable discount in order to get the customer to say yes. Um, if it is manufacturer to consumer sales, all that goes by the wayside. There will be no such thing as a discount. Yeah. Um, which is fine, know. which is fine. It's just the MSRP should be a fair price, which... We've seen some funny business already over the past year with destination fees going up at way higher than the rate of inflation. Like that's, yes. that's a key thing because you, know, you can't negotiate that. Everyone's paying for that. But who sets it? It's this black box from the manufacturer. And our whole premise, our whole MO is breakdown information asymmetry. Like just, just give us the info. Everyone's got to make money. We get it. But we want to have more clarity into like what's going on under the hood for lack of a better term. And, 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 and we want 
everybody to make money. There's, you know, we, we understand there's no point in a dealership investing the money it takes to build the facilities if they can't make money. Or there's the automaker no, to invest in all the research. Yeah. Yes, there's there's no point in the automakers to do what they need to do if they're not allowed to make money. We expect and we want everybody to make money. We just we would just like to see a little more transparency. And a little less of the shenanigans that we tend to see on the dealer side in many, many cases. Yep, totally. There was one other piece from this uh, survey that I think is worth talking about, Pops, and then let's switch gears here to something that I think will be really valuable for everyone on here, a way to save some money if you have to buy a car in the next year or two, or actually like just that. general. How important do you think the following features will be for consumers when deciding to purchase a car in the next five years? So in the next five years. Very likely and extremely likely are the percentages that you're seeing here. So one of the options was seamless and hassle-free experience. It was the highest rated, most important feature for a consumer in deciding to buy a car in the next five years. It's seamless and hassle-free experience. How ironic is that? Okay. Well, truth be told, you could have done that survey 50 years ago. And the, and the answer would have been the same. Okay. Consumers have asked for it. And the dealerships have refused to do it. Um, so it's it, it's not like the dealerships don't know. It's not like the manufacturers don't know. They do all these um, surveys, consumer surveys, so they can find out what the consumers would like to see. And trust me, the manufacturers bring it up to the dealerships all the time. Really? Oh, God, yeah. You know, because they all know that A, it takes too much time and B, it feels like it's 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 shrouded in secrecy and consumers hate that. And and the manufacturers know it and the dealerships know it. But what what happens is the manufacturers representatives and the dealership people never, ever ever try to look at the process through the consumer's eyes. They only look at it through their own eyes. So they think that they've come up with ways that they've decided will be better for the consumer, as opposed to, I don't know, actually listening to the consumer. Um, you know, that that's like well, a foreign concept. The, what was that, honey? If you, listen to the, if you listen to the consumer, you'd know that the Tesla model is killing it. Again, back to Ford and Jim Farley saying all options are on the table. I wouldn't be surprised if everyone starts to mimic the Tesla model over the next five, 10 years. Why wouldn't you? They're a trillion dollar company. How do you think Jim Farley gets paid, Dad? What do you think makes up most of his compensation? Um, well, most of his compensation comes from stock options and how and how the the value of uh, of the brand is uh, goes up. And let's do a quick here. We're going to do this live all together. Let's and let's and see if, we can and if I'm not mistaken, under his watch, the value of Ford has gone up significantly, which means so has his compensation. So Ford is a 77. That's I know that's tiny. There it is. 77 billion with a B dollar company. Now let's look at Rivian is a 94 billion dollar company. If you but, don't think they're sitting around in boardrooms talking about how do we become Rivian or how do we become you're wrong. You're just, you're wrong. They are. That's what they're doing because all of their compensation is tied back to that stock price. What, going what, you, what you should do is you should look at Ford's stock price 
from 14 months ago when he first became the CEO to what it is today. And that'll give you a better understanding as to how important it is. Um, oh, look at look at that. But pops, that just that just further uh, uh, exacerbates the situation, right? Like, if you don't position yourself as an EV direct to consumer, we're pu we're pushing forward. We're pushing. If you don't position yourself like that, you're going to make less money, at least in the sense of valuation. Which again, yes. it's how these guys get paid. These guys and gals get paid. Yes. So if you don't think this is the future, it is. It's a matter of how soon it's going to come. And I don't think anyone anticipated anyone, including us. We thought when we started this business, when we started YA, 20, 30 years, the quickest that we get to like one price selling and the price is the price and the, and the manufacturer is pushing EVs and trying to push people to buy from them. It's right around the corner. It's the next five, 10 years, I think. I think it's right here in front of us. Well, I, all I know is is that that we're here trying to help. We don't We don't want to start a revolution, okay? But what we want to do is we, st we want to start an evolution, we want to help the, the dealers and the manufacturers evolve to the point where they can make it a fairer process for the ultimate consumer. Dad, that other article said it. More seamless and, and simple. Everyone knows it. Just make it more seamless. Anyway. I'm, I'm telling right, you. Let's... I mean, that, that's been part of manufacturers preaching to the dealers forever, ever since they started, the, you know, these surveys. And it was plain. It was plain as the nose on your face, the, the aspect of the business that people hate. And that's how much time it takes and, and then all the shenanigans they go through. It's just. It should be seamless and it should be simple. It, it doesn't and, need and to be as hard as we make it. And we've got from Ken, Tesla actually sucks. Or from Jordan, Rivian price all had. You guys could be entirely right. That doesn't matter because that's how Jim Farley gets paid. Okay, <laughs> that's how Mary Barra gets paid. If it's all hype, if the product's good or not. We've got Ford essentially in that, in that interview talking about how they're going to produce more and more EVs. They just had an open recall on the Bronco, like the fifth recall on the Bronco. Do they care if their products suck? I mean, a little bit, I'm sure, but like they care about the stock price. And the way to get the stock price to go up is to sell a vision. And how do you sell a vision? You mimic Tesla. Like it's 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 no different, you know. Executives in those big companies, it's no different than than how pay plans are structured in, in dealerships. Your pay plan, somebody's pay plan will dictate how they do their job because they're going to look at their pay plan and and they're going to figure out what they need to do in order to maximize it. So, yes, if, if, if the pay plan for these top executives is based on valuations and increases in stock prices, then that's what they're going to concentrate on. They're not going to concentrate on on um, the launches of the vehicles and 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 if you know the vehicles were actually ready, uh, they're not going to. They're you know it's it's not going to be uh, wondering about whether or not the vehicles meet the standards that they would like to have. It's all about the stock price because that's the way their pay plans are set up. So, you know, perhaps if pay plans were set up slightly differently, where the rewards were. Uh, greater if you if you reach certain levels of customer satisfactions or ease and transparency of a sales process 
and that impacted their income, then you would see differences from the manufacturers as to how this all transpires. Show me you get the money. You, oh Show yeah. me Look, the money. You get what you you get, unfortunately, whatever the pay plan is. <laughs> Let's talk that briefly here. How the heck you can save some money. So if you do need to buy a car, whether it's here at the end of the year or beginning of next year, or just in general. One of the biggest ways you can come in unprepared is to not understand that after you negotiate the front end of the car deal, which if you can get MSRP on a new car right now, plus dock fee, that's great. On a used car, advertised price, plus dock fee. Plus, I, I should probably throw the plug in here. Join, whoops, joinya.com slash deal dash school. We walk you through how to negotiate the front end of a car deal and the back end of a car deal for free back here at deal school. Just click on any of these sections. There's 13 of them key takeaways, relevant resources, the whole nine yards. But Pops, I want to pull up here. One of the worst things you can do is not come in with a pre-approval if you're going to finance a vehicle. We had this posted on the YAA community forum. If you're not on there, you should be by Mike Dean, our credit union advocate. I'm going to scroll down here. We've got in the left-hand column, average credit union rates, national bank rates. Let's scroll all the way down to used car loans. And I'm going to zoom on in. 48-month used car loan. Credit union average rate is 2.88%. National bank over 5%. Used car loan for 36 months, 2.77%. National bank over 5%. New car loan for 60 months, 2.83% versus the national 4.73%. 48 months on a new car loan, 2.72. New car loan, 4.63. Two points or two and a half points on the uh, used car loans. That's a heck of a lot of money over the lifetime of a loan debt. Yeah, it's it's time to go open your accounts at your at at a local credit union. Go join one. You know they they're using your money, um, their members' money, and they and they give you a better return on your money than if you use a local bank or a national bank. And um, you know credit unions tend to treat their members better um, than a bank treats their depositors it's it just, just that take, simple take treatment out that it's just numbers it's just yeah. numbers the numbers are lower at a credit union. well, well and, at, and at the top end of of that chart you know the, how much more the credit unions return um you know for for cds and things of that nature it's it's not insignificant amounts it's it you know these are sizable differences that can add up to a lot of money on behalf of the member. Yep, yep. And again, Mike Dean, thank you for posting this back on the community forum. Cued us up nicely here for he today's did. show. All right, Pops. We will be back on Wednesday, Wednesday at noon. In the interim, uh, I hope you don't mind having a day off tomorrow, Dad. I'm going to miss you. I, I won't be available, so we get no show tomorrow. We got to get you. I think this is the first indication that you need a, a sidekick, a step-in host, uh, someone that can come in and, and do the show with you. Um, who, who do you have in mind? I don't know. I see Phil's in the chat here. I see Justice is in the chat here. Yeah. Uh, I see Ken's in the chat here. We could we could get you a co-host. I think we need. Let me know. Someone send me an email or Phil or Justice or Mario if or you guys Kimberly want to come on. Or Kimberly Klein. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, we'll have to. We'll have to. We'll have to set. We'll have to. We'll have to come up with. Wow. Look at that. There's no, Igor, yeah. Be a co-host. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that could be good. You know, 
Well, we'll have to figure it out, but we're not going to figure it out today for tomorrow's because, you know, like normal, that's not giving ourselves enough time to do it right. <laughs> Fair enough, Pops. Well, like always, I appreciate your time. Again, if you listen into the, you are listening to this after the fact on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. We really, really appreciate it. Let us know what you want to hear on fo- uh, future shows. And uh, yeah, thank you, Dad. Really appreciate it. Yep. Thank you, honey. And uh, have safe travels tomorrow. And uh, I'll see you on Wednesday. Love you, Pops. Thanks. Love you, too. Bye-bye. Join us again next time. Which is probably tomorrow. To get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See you soon. soon.